0: things that are absolutely silly and we don't think we're hurting anybody but someone gets offended, someone holds a grudge, someone gets hurt Uh, just think about within your your own family, the amount of forgiveness that's required there that application in my house is used every day There's something usually that I usually have to apologize for, or Karen, or the kids. They're fighting. Who has the remote? Who did this? The, you know, the kids are are, are saying comments to each other and are so hurtful uh, all the time. It's a daily process and it's not going away. So we use that app called the Forgiveness app. It's a very powerful app. So to to illustrate that app, I'm going to plop you in a story of the Bible. And some of you are, are visiting for the first time or not familiar with the Bible, the Old Testament. So I'm going to give you a little context to the story. Because we're going to jump into a family, but you have to know the context of who that family is in God's plan to understand why we're going to make a little pit stop, because it's an important uh, um, story about forgiveness. It's an important story about, hey, that's, that's the very spiritual family line that God used and how it relates to us, just as human beings. So here's the Bible project. Here's the context of the book of Genesis. And it's going to give you the story. And we're going to focus today on the story of the sons of Isaac. And he had two. Isaac uh, had two sons named um, Esau and Jacob. Powerful story. So let's roll the video to give you some context.
1: We're walking through the book of Genesis, which is made up of these two main parts. And the first part begins in the Garden, where we watch humanity spiral downward in self-destruction, and it ends in the Tower of Babel, where a rebellious humanity is scattered by God. Then the second part of Genesis zooms in and focuses on just one family. And right in the middle is this story that links the two parts of Genesis together and helps us understand what the whole book is all about. So how do we get from the Tower of Babel to this story here in the middle? Well, after the scattering of Babel, there's this genealogy. And it follows one of the tribes all the way down to this one guy named Abraham. You probably know him as Abraham. And God starts making all these promises to Abraham. Like he's going to bless him and give him a ton of kids. And he says that through him and his family, all the nations of the earth are now going to find God's blessing. So basically God is trying to restore humanity back to the goodness of the garden And to his original intentions for the world So it's like his rescue plan for humanity And that's why the whole second half of Genesis is about this one family And so you have have Abraham and then he has a son Isaac Who has Jacob and then Jacob has 12 sons And to each generation God renews his promise to bless them And all nations through them So because of this promise to use this family to rescue the world, it's pretty easy to read these stories as examples of how to be a good person. But actually, for the most part, this family is totally dysfunctional. So for example, let's go back to Abraham. This whole story is about God giving him and his wife Sarah a family, but two different times. He basically gives Sarah away to other men by denying that she's even his wife. And then Sarah gets impatient about having a son, and so she makes Abraham sleep with her servant girl, which then causes all of these other problems in the family. So they get really old, and you begin to think that there's no way they're gonna have a kid of their own. But then, miraculously, they do, it's Isaac. And Isaac, he has two sons, Esau and Jacob, and it seems like things are going
0: pretty good. But Jacob,
1: the younger brother, wants the family's inheritance, which belongs to Esau, the older brother. So he devises a plan where he's going to steal it from his father, Isaac, who, at this point the story is now old, takes off. So Jacob goes on from there to have 12 sons, big family, but Jacob loves his eleventh
0: son named Joseph.
1: They instead just sell him as a slave down in Egypt. Now while in Egypt, through this crazy series of events, Joseph goes from being in a prison cell to becoming the second in command
0: there. It's okay. because I know the storyline here. <laughs> and so Joseph becomes the, uh, one of the second in command of Egypt and there's a famine and he saves it, the, God's family uh, through uh, his wisdom of, of storing the grain. Great story. Uh, if you notice the Jacob and Esau story, that's where we want to kind of focus in on when we talk about our forgiveness app. As you notice, it was a dysfunctional family and you're going like, My family's pretty dysfunctional too. See, there's hope for all of us. Don't lose hope that your family's dysfunctional. Because the dysfunction is a gift that just keeps on giving. You'll keep on giving it because Abraham lied about his wife. And guess who else lied? His sons lied. And they were deceivers. And that dysfunction just kept on giving. And that was the line that the Messiah... Was coming through. Is God writing stories to show you a perfect family? No, God's writing stories to say, hey, look, you can relate to these people. These are people like you and me who struggle, who go through ups and downs. You go have little kids who just are just on, you know, just feeding them and they're so cute and they turn into something else. Like, what happened 13 years later? What has happened? Right? And then you have the parents, the parents struggling to, you know, raise a family. So this is a storyline. So Abram has is the father of the faith. This is a story that focuses on. He has Isaac, and they have two sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau is like a man's man, hunter, outdoorsman. He's like a he's like your Mike Watterson kind of guy. He goes out. What do we want there's no meat let's go get some deer he'll go out and shoot some deer some elk and he'll bring it back and his wife will cut it up and you know Mercedes can cut up deer and she and then say store it and freeze it for later Esau a man but Esau was was he was a very hairy person some say he was Italian I'm not going to say it publicly might have been an Italian first Italian but he was very 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 hairy and he was red looking very different. Jacob, the Bible says, he was a man of the tent. He was your first, I'm going to be at home and stay on the family computer kind of guy. <laughs> I'm the Minecraft guy. I'm going to be there. He hung out at home in the tents. He didn't really like the outdoors. He just kind of liked to hang out inside. Can, you relate? Can any high school kids relate to that guy? <laughs> I want to hang out in the inside. So two different people. That's kind of the background, and I'm going to just go through the story, and i just point out and highlight some things that just are kind of building to the climax of the forgiveness that's required because there is some difficult challenges that they faced as a family, and I'm sure there's some difficult challenges that you're facing as a family. So in Genesis 25, the story reads, Isaac prayed to the Lord on the behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. And the babies jostled each other within her, hey, right in the room, There's something going on her. They're jostling. There's what's going? He's moving. I, I saw one child move when, when my wife had Juliana. I was like, "What is that?" You know, that freaked me out. Imagine two in there jostling, because there's something that's prophetic that's about to happen. And she said, why is this happening to me? Because it concerned her. It wasn't this regular baby movement. You get the sense of something else was, was different about this pregnancy. And so what she does is she inquires of the Lord. She wants to know what does this mean? Because she becomes concerned about what's going on. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. It's important to note that God told her that. She went to God, and God, uh, uh, I don't know how exactly He revealed that, but that was the prophetic message that the younger of the two will be in charge. And one will be stronger than the other. That was kind of the prophecy that That God was going to use the line of Jacob in the storyline that goes all the way down to the birth of Jesus. This is our pit stop and our forgiveness app. So, when the time came for her to give birth, they were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. Wow. He He could have been Latin. He could have been Latin. If you ever seen Latin babies, man, boy, I came out with, you know, hedgehog hair. I mean, I came out. I mean, there was no growing into my hair. My hair was already there. It was crazy. So they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So he was named Jacob. One, he who grabs Jacob. He who's grabbing. And notice that Author puts this in the story to explain there's gonna be a struggle and it started from birth. You know, my whole goal, in my family, is to have peace in the household, to create an atmosphere where everyone just gets along and we're just loving. You know, I try every day. When I wake up, okay, we want this household to be a household of peace. And right when you get up, man, it's Grabbing heels. It's pricking the pride. It's little comments here, little comments there. Can't we just not have a family time? Well, we're not arguing, right? Can't we have family time? We're not, you know, when, when, when one brother tries to become dad or one sister tries to become mom or the little sister, I'm, I'm in charge of you, right? It's the struggle of every family. So he was named Jacob. So the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter. A man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. You know, when you have children, they have different personalities, different makeups. You can't, it, it's different strokes for different folks. You can't, it, it's just not a cookie cutter. They're, they're different. You know, I think about my children. They're so different. You know, Juliana is, is so special, and she's so different from Jane, but Jaden is special. They're just different. And when their two worlds collide, there's friction right? And sometimes I want to be impatient and take the shortcuts, you know, but you have to go through the forgiveness app. I want to say, you do this and you do this and no more from you and no more from you. Peace done. But the problem is there really was no forgiveness. And so I bypass and take a shortcut and then it gets worse the next time. What I needed to do was just go to my phone, look up the forgiveness app in the Bible resolve the two issues. But you have to do it every day. Yeah, that app. You know, there's some apps I use every day. You know, I use my calendar app every day. Thank you, Connie Dorner. I use it every day. It's amazing. This is an app. It's worth your while to use every day because you need it. Okay, so then Jacob gave Esau, so he was out one day hunting, and some lentil stew. So Esau was absolutely famished, was gone all day hunting. And, and so Jacob was at home and he, made, and he had some bread and he gave it to Esau to drink and then he got up and he left. And well, the reason why this is important because already Jacob was already, hey, sell me your birthright or give it to me and I'll give you this food. He's like, ah, what's good as a birthright to me? I'm starving. And he rashly eats the food without thinking about what he's just done. But Jacob was already scheming because my, my inclination is the mom knew about this prophecy I wonder if she told the son about the prophecy that you're going to one day be in charge of Esau because it makes me wonder why he's so devious in trying to get the birthright. because it's rightly the brothers but if mom says "Miho, you're really the guy I'd be like well I'm going to make sure that I get what's coming to me and so later we'll even see how the mom impacts the situation. So Isaac uh, they, they, Isaac gets older, and here's a time where he's like, I want to now bless and give the, the rights and inheritance to all my, my firstborn son, and that's Esau. And so what happens is, Rebekah, who heard the prophecy, somehow in her mind comes to the conclusion, well, I better make sure this happens. I better make sure that that Jacob gets the blessing and not Esau. So she concocts a plan with with Jacob to pretend to be Esau, because her husband now his eyes cannot see. He cannot see. He can't see anymore, but he can still feel and smell. So they concoct a plan that. You know, the mom gets some food. She cooks up the way Esau would make it. And they dress up Jacob to, you know, to have his hairy garments. And to go to his dad who can't see and to ask for the blessing. And, the, and, the, and Isaac's a little bit suspicious. He's like, it feels like Esau, but you talk like Jacob. But he, they were, he reassures him, no, no, this is Esau. So when Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could no longer see, he called for Esau, his older son, and said to him, Prepare me the kind of tasty food I like and bring it to me so that I may give you my blessing before I die. So Esau goes out and he he does what he does best. He goes hunting. But Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. I'm not sure if she had a little glass to the door or a little curtain. And she's like, what's going on? Because remember, she knew the prophecy. God had told her that Jacob would would serve above Esau. And here she is listening, and here comes the family dysfunction. You know, she knows what God's going to do, but don't we sometimes like to take matters into our own hands? We want to take, you know, God says it's going to happen. like, hey, you know, Abraham started. Abraham's like, you know, Sarah's like, hey, you know, we're old here. Sleep with her. And Ishmael came out. Sometimes we always want to take God's promise and and not wait. And we take matters into our own hands. And when it ends up happening, we end up causing problems. But that's all part of God's plan because you know why? Because we have the forgiveness app. You have dysfunction in your family. That's why this app is so important because dysfunction is, is created. So when Jacob went close to his father Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob but the hands are the hands of Esau. Mom did a good job with the Halloween costume there. (laughs) He did not recognize him. For his hands were hair like those of his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. Are you really my son Esau, he asked. And Jacob flat out says, No, I'm not really Jacob. No, no, no. (laughs) He absolutely lies to his dad. And it makes me wonder why someone would lie. You know, sometimes you can justify the lie. Well, God said I was going to be the leader anyway. (laughs) Esau, I'm in charge The prophecy. God said I'm going to be a... And you justify it. It's hard to use the app when you're always justifying your mistakes. You know, you're trying to... It it crashes, the app crashes. You're like... (laughs) When you're always justifying it. Because the other person who's injured wants to forgive, but it's sometimes difficult when... We're justifying. No, 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 no. And that's what ends up happening. He lies because the blessing's coming to him. When Esau comes back and he realizes that the blessing has been given, he wants it too. And when Esau heard his father's words and his father said, I, cannot, I already gave it. It's done. And once I do this, I can't go back. He burst out with a loud cry and a bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me too, my father. You ever come home with a gift for one child, not the other? <laughs> you know, I my children got my daughter got a gift from her grandmother. Not even me. Grandmother. And she opened it, and I was like, Uh, That's an awesome gift. And I looked quick and saw my son. He's like, the chin was shaking. And he tried to act. I said, that was grandma. Yeah, that's really nice. And she got that. And the chin was shivering. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then he leaves and he goes upstairs and he's on his bed. He says, why didn't I get one? You don't love me. He's like five years old. You don't love me. I love you, Mio. I love you. I love you so much. No, why? Why don't you think I love you? Because you didn't get me an iPad. Uh, gra- uh, gra- grandma, got, got, uh, gram- Grandma, Grandma, I, I wouldn't buy that. Grandma, <laughs> Grandma, not. And on and on and on and on. You know, it's, there, it, it always creates some kind of tension. It's almost like a parent. You buy for one, you better buy for two. You know, woe is you if you have three. <laughs> woe is you if you have four. Woe is you. I had two because I grew up with four. And my dad wasn't playing that. He got something for you and you cried, so what? I'm not strong enough. I'm weak. I want them all to love me and like me, right? So, oh my gosh. You know, don't get one. So, life lesson there. Life lesson. But he said, and this is what Isaac said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Now, I don't know if Jacob knew about the prophecy. I tend to think he might have because, you know, Rebecca knew about it. I don't know if it was told to Esau. I don't know. But it gives me like a little, little, little understanding of Jacob wanted it and he must have known it was going to be his. So no matter what it takes, I'm going to do it. And so Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him. He said to himself, the days of mourning my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Wow. This was the the end result. He's like, I'm just going to bide my time. Dad will one day die and I'm going to kill Jacob. Now, you feel that way. If you grew up with brothers and sisters, you feel that way for like a day, an afternoon. I don't think I've ever taken it like, when my dad dies, Danny will be dead. My brother Danny, my brother, he, was, he was cruel to me at times, and I wanted him like gone. Like for a day. Esau's like, no, I'm seriously going to wipe you off the earth. And, he, and there's like a, a, a plan. When my dad dies, I'm going to kill you. So he was thinking in the in the future. That's that's the injury. Sometimes you get injured by a friend, you get injured by a coworker, you get injured by a parent, you get injured by someone you love, and it 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 almost you almost feel and the closer the family, sometimes the most intense the feelings is. I don't feel this way about my firemen or the policeman. Like, I'm mad at him for like an afternoon, but I'm not going, when you're father, I'm gonna kill I don't, you know. It's usually someone that's kind of close to you. You know, you, you wanna injure so badly, it's usually because there's such a close relationship, you, you're almost destroyed by what he's done to you or she's done to you, that it becomes so deep and hurtful. It shows us one thing, it shows us that we're close. That's good. That's why we need the app. And we gotta constantly use it as we're gonna get to the story. So let's continue. So Jacob, when he realizes is that his mother tells him, she's like, "Hey, you gotta get out of here because Esau's gonna kill you." <laughs> so he's like, "You hey, look, I got, I got your Theo Laban, or Laban, his uncle. Go live with Laban for and over there just until Esau calms down, and go over there. And so Laban is the brother of Rebecca." And so he goes over there and he lives there and stays him because you can't go back because Esau's going to kill him. And so he's out there and he goes, you know, I, I like that daughter of Laban. You know, he, he fell in love with, you know, Rachel. And Laban's like, well, if you want to marry Rachel, you got to, you know, work seven years. So Laban's a little sneaky too. You know, the function that keeps on giving. <laughs> so he, he basically lies to, to Jacob, works seven years, says, I, I, I I'm going to marry Rachel. He says, well, hold on. So you gotta say, I told you, technically, I'll give you a, my daughter in marriage. I have two daughters. One is Leah. Marry her. He's like, but you, no, I said daughter. I'll give you my daughter in marriage. And so he ends up marrying Leah. Seven years. If you want to marry Rachel, seven more years of work is required. So he's there 14 years with Laban. A little taste of his own medicine, right? You're going, you're like, yeah, get in there, get in there. Right? I just, That's what I heard. I was like, yes, get in there, Laban. Get. And so he's there. Leah gives him like 11 children. Because Rachel's barren. And then she gives him a son later on. So but then it's time, and they have a little, little. you know, his, his flock grows, and he's getting, being blessed by God, and he knows that I can now, I'm going to try to go back to my land. God calls him back home. God says, hey, I want you to go back to Bethel. Go back home. And so Jacob's like, okay. But he knows that I have to cross through the land where Esau's at. And so he kind of takes his time. You know when you have to have that talk, you're kind of like, hey, how you doing? Let's talk next week maybe.
2: <laughs>
0: you know that conversation, like you see him like, hey, I'm just going to go around the curtain here, maybe he'll fellowship a little bit. Maybe he'll go away. He's on a fellowship. Did he leave?
2: He's
0: gone. Hey, fellowship's awesome. Let's have that conversation next time. So Jacob takes his time going back home because there's something he has to deal with. He's just like you and me. We don't want to deal with that. We want it to smooth over as without a conversation. And so this is does anything work? Is there another slide? <coughs> now there's another slide? No, no. <coughs> okay. Laban no. years. So Esau as well, he marries people that are not part of his family tribe. He marries outside. But he, he realizes it makes his mom and dad feel terrible, so he marries someone on the inside too. And so Esau marries and has a lot of kids. But while Jacob is away, tragedy strikes. His mother passes away while he's gone. You know, I'm reminded of my father telling me the story because I never knew my grandpa and my dad's son. All I know is that he died of tuberculosis. I'm like, what? How does someone die of tuberculosis? It's a little shot they give you and you're good. But not in Ecuador. And he dies, and my father was here. And he missed everything. He couldn't get back because he was an immigrant. And somehow that, that vibe played into his status here, and he couldn't get back home. You know, what a painful thought of not being there for someone you love. And so Jacob, with probably the heavy heart, he's going back home. His dad's alive, but his mom passes. And so he starts the journey back. And so he knows he's coming up to to Esau, and so he has a little plan. I'm going to have a little plan, so I'm going to send half of you here, and half of you, I'm going to split you up, so in case Esau attacks us, at least you guys can escape. Because he has to go through, and Esau, so he sends a scout out, goes, hey, go out there and check it out, see how he's doing, check the temperature. And so the report comes back. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to, to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed him, this is all you want to say to my Lord Esau. Notice the language here. Say to my Lord Esau. Okay, I, I love how he's already trying to make the conversation nonviolent, my Lord Esau. Your servant, your servant, Jacob. Lord, servants. Older brother, younger brother. He's sending a message here. I have been staying with Laban and remain there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I'm sending this message to my Lord that I may find favor in your eyes. He's coming to say, look... I have a lot of stuff of the blessings of God. I want to share them with you. He says, Lord, servant, share my blessing that God's given me. He's trying really hard to reconcile. Notice Jacob doesn't come like with a chip, like God. Remember that prophecy? Oh, yeah. The Lord above said this. I'm just implementing the strategy. I'm sorry that it offended your feelings, but God spoke that I would be in charge. Hey, yeah, did I mess up? I did a little bit. But overall, God said it was going to happen anyway, so why not? Isn't that how we'd like to say, you know, resolve conflict? Just to get it out there. But that's not using the forgiveness app. See, the forgiveness app requires some humility. This requires humility. I'm a servant. You're my Lord. Sharing the blessings. I want to find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you. That's good news. He's coming to meet him. And 400 men are with him. He's a man of the country, he's a skilled hunter. He can kill. He's coming to meet you. Good news. And 400 guys. That would cause bowel
2: movements.
0: (laughs) That would cause my stress, my cholesterol through the roof. Just think about that. Esau's going to kill you. He's bringing 400 men. That's all he remembers. And the Bible says Jacob's reaction to this was great fear and distress. You know, sometimes you can assume what the other person is going to say in this makeup conversation you have with yourself in the car. Oh, I'm going to say this. Oh, he's going to probably say that. And I'm going to come up with this. And i are going to say this. And I'm going to go, whoa, the blank, got you right here, buddy. We have these conversations and how we think the conversation's going to go. And usually it doesn't go very well in our mind. It's not like, I'm going to say this. then say, oh, I'm so sorry. I love you. Oh, let's hug it out. It's usually going, well, I was right, they're wrong, so how do I get them to see that they're wrong and I was right? So I'm going to strategize my conversation to make sure that... And in great fear and distress, can you imagine what he might have been thinking? I know what I think sometimes. So Jacob prays. And here is the moment where one brother who was deceived... Can you, can, you, can you imagine what the conversation might have been or the story would have been like if if, if dad would have sat down and said, son, um, from God, you know, this is the situation. This, God, is in, God, God, the Elohim, is saying that Jacob will get the blessing. And you kind of talk it out and everyone's included. Imagine if it would have been d- done that way. Yeah. How, how this could have been really a void when you just kind of work with what you got and just... Have this open conversation with your family. Instead, it was deceitful and trickery. And so Jacob prays, "Save me! I pray from the land of the far so from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers of uh, with their children. But you have said I will surely make you prosper." And will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So he goes to God. Said, God, I just want to reassure me here that yeah, you told Abraham that, you're, that I'm not supposed to be dead this soon, right? And then after this, he lets his family cross over, and he's alone. And the Bible has this little paragraph that says, Jacob wrestles with God, and an angel comes out, and they wrestle, and he says, and he's determined. Please bless me. And, and the angel says, your new name will now be Israel because you have struggled with God and have overcome. You know, sometimes part of the, part of the prereq for the forgiveness app, app to work, part of the downloading process is some time with God to get your heart right, to get your heart completely humble before God, to prepare for a conversation that has conflict. And that's what I think a lesson for all of us is to wrestle with God. Spend some time. Yeah, God promises unity. God promises salvation. But sometimes we forget that. We've got to wrestle with God a little bit to get where we need to get to have this interaction. So he does. And God renames him. And he calls him Israel. His personal name being Israel. Now the Bible always talks about the nation of Israel, but was, there's two. There was a person and there's a country, and his descendants become the nation of Israel. But his name is also Israel, because you have struggled with God and with human beings, and have overcome. He himself went ahead to meet Esau, and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. Now, I believe that that doesn't happen until you've wrestled with God. Because God's a way of showing you where where you need to grow and change when you wrestle. And he comes humbly before Esau. And he bows down. Even though he's the one that will have the line of the Messiah, he's the one that God says, you will be stronger than your brother, you will be blessed over your brother. He's the one that bows down. He's the one. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and waited for an apology and embraced him. (laughs) Apologies are fantastic. But sometimes Esau's also, God's work is on his heart too. And sometimes we don't realize that God's actually working on their part. But God's been working on Esau. Even though the the scriptures don't give us a lot of insight into what was going on there, how do you run to your brother Jacob and give him a hug after what he's done to you? God was working. And he gives him this huge hug and throws his arms around his neck and he kisses him. And it wasn't don't Curly on him, I knew it was you, brother. Not that kiss. Not the Godfather kiss. I knew it was you. Not that kiss. That's the kiss of death. He kisses them, wraps his arms around them, and they wept together. They cry together. They have a moment together. God was working on Esau too, but Jacob is the highlight of the story of the lineage. And this is the forgiveness. And when you're in that moment, you never want it to end. But soon, conflict will come again. And you'll be given a choice. How am I going to respond to conflict? I hope that you press the forgiveness app. It's so important. We need it. We thrive on being forgiven. You know what hurts us? Is when we feel unforgived. Is that a word? Unforgived? I make up words on the fly. I could have said, don't feel forgiven, yes. Yes. But unforgived is a new word of the day. Where you know you're, you're trying to grow, you're trying to change, and then you don't feel forgiven. That hurts. That's what's needed. Gotta work on both sides. So Jacob settles in the promised land. His wife Rachel actually passes, dies during childbirth. And at the same time, around that same time, his father Isaac died. His mother passed when he wasn't around. His wife passes giving birth. His father dies. You know, when, when someone dies in your family, sometimes that's the it's sad, but even worse, it's sadder because sometimes you fight over who's getting what. Or they're mad that you didn't come visit enough. Or you didn't love him enough. Or you didn't love him like I loved him. All kinds of stuff comes out. So Isaac lived 180 years. Then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years. And look what it says. The author makes a point to say this. And so Esau and Jacob buried him. Because sometimes you think, did Jacob just say, here, this is is how I can get over on with. No, no, dad died. And they're both there taking care of the, the burial. It's a fitting end to the story of two brothers. Two men. Injured. Hurt. They ch- Esau chose to forgive. And you can see the completion because Esau and Jacob both were part of the burial. Both. We can forgive each other. That's number one. We ought to forgive each other. We ought to wrestle with God to get our own hearts right. And we ought to practice forgiveness every day of our lives. God goes on to say this. That's how God feels about it. Because He knows our flesh. Do not repay evil for evil. That's our flesh. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with one another. Do not take revenge, because that's what you want to do when you're hurt. My dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. It is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay. Sometimes people injure you, and you can't get resolved like the cop. As you got on the station, I don't do that. I'm like, he's picking on me, they're picking on me. Or, or a coworker, someone I've interaction with that I don't see again, and I, it's you're, you're, it's there. Sometimes it's just, hey, I forgive them. Let God deal with that. I can't I can't take it anymore more than it's already been taken. Very important for us. Jesus goes on to say, if you can't forgive people, God can't forgive you. That's why this app is so important. It's a salvation app. You need it. The ability to forgive, your salvation literally hangs in the balance. Because here we are, we're asking God to forgive me, yet I won't forgive this person or that person. There's many stories and little accounts in the Bible that deal with that. That's why I want to encourage you. So when this app says last time or recently used, you want to see it on the recently used app phone on your line. Oh, recently used, my forgiveness app. Yes, yes, yes. Today, you may have to open the app up. As you go home and leave here, you may have to use the app and do it. It will bring a profound unity to your relationships. With that, let's close in a prayer. We'll be dismissed. Our service.